0: I wake up
1: We are the ones who don't know what we're fighting for. Give us a gun and send us all off to war. From a badge so they can send us to the
2: moon.
3: episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports, and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel it and drop. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them. no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk.
2: You've been warned. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, it is with a somber heart that I start the show this evening. Uh, I took a DNA test. It turns out I am in fact 100% not Joe. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, we have got a glorious panel here ready to break down the shit talk and get into the fun and the fuckery that we have had fall down the MMA pipeline since we saw you lovely folks last. First and foremost, though, before we get into all the
1: shenaniganry, how the fuck
3: are you gentlemen doing this evening?
1: It's fucking one day closer to the weekend, and we got a better card to talk about than we did last week, so I'm, I'm not going to say by that. much, but it's better. We're not
0: quantifying definitely just fucking, Definitely fucking true. I mean, we got fights again. We're a there little bit better fights this weekend, man. That's, that's about it. all, but you know, man, I'm happy we're almost fucking there. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah
2: shit this is gonna be back on a fucking thursday Yeah, oh, yeah who the fuck is that guy dude i know who is that guy the new scenery in the oh. background and everything almost like i moved <laughs> to a new house
3: oh i will say um for those of you who are unaware it will most definitely be over by the time this is actually live but uh the pfl Fourth edition of their regular season is currently finishing up right now. And as of last pick, I have perfect on fucking tapology this evening. Just throwing that out there. But that being said, uh how we like to start things off around here is a little bit of news and recent events, fight announcements, fuckery that has fallen into the new sphere since we've seen you wonderful folks last. Uh, we do indeed have a couple of interesting announcements here to go over that have come down since last week. Uh, ironically enough, we finally got a fucking UFC card where no one missed weight for a change. Now, I'm sure tomorrow morning, that's probably going to be a fucking broken streak because we went so fucking long having somebody, at least one or two people miss on every fucking card. So uh we'll see how that rolls out tomorrow. But as of last week, Everybody fucking made weight. Nobody fucked their fight up right beforehand. So we don't actually have anything from last week to talk about. So going forward, interesting matchups here. Uh, August 12th, UFC Vegas card has got a couple of interesting announcements handed out to us this week. Uh, first and foremost, the one that I am personally most interested in. Uh, Pollyanna Viana stepping back into the cage. Opposite Yasmin Lucindo, who I am very fucking excited to see. And if she takes on Pollyanna and does work like I think she's gonna be able to, that girl's off to the fucking races, and I'm fucking here for it. Uh the other interesting one that got added to that card. Uh, up and comer AJ Dobson stepping back into the cage taking on Taifon and Chukwi which should be a very interesting matchup to see as well stylistically at least um the following week UFC 292 August 19th in Boston an interesting pair of cards added to that one as well uh first and foremost gm3 getting back into action gerald mearshart taking on andre Petrosky. that one stylistically has me very intrigued because we know what gm3 is capable of and his fucking sub game is so fucking good but very very often at least lately we have seen good wrestling overtake jujitsu lately in a very aggravating fucking fashion and For lack of anything else, we know that Petrovsky does have fucking wrestling, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually get in there and hang with a killer like GM3 who's going to be looking for that fucking neck for sure. Um, I'm very curious to see how that one shakes out. I hope for GM3's sake he's able to shut that fucking loud mouth up and push that idiot back. Otherwise, that could be a rough fucking night for old Mearshard. But the other fight that they have announced for UFC 292 that I think the entire MMA world is going to be watching the return after just over two years. And I believe three total surgeries, Chris Weidman is officially getting back into action, vowing to throw the meanest leg kick the UFC has ever fucking seen to open the fight against Brad Tavares at UFC 292. I'm fucking here for it. If you have seen the fucking social media posts, Weidman's leg is good now, and he's throwing fucking kicks with the same ferocity that he used to pre-fucking Anderson Silva days. So it, whoo, it's going to be interesting to see if he really does come out and let that motherfucker go to open that fight. Tavares better cover his fucking stomach, man. Keep that liver blocked. Keep that elbow solid, and be ready to catch one, dude. Because Weidman's still strong as shit. So that's going to be a, an interesting matchup, none, nonetheless. Um, we got a little bit of moving forward Q three news for the UFC. Confirmed as of yesterday afternoon, ink is dried. September 2nd will be UFC Paris once again. And they didn't think to announce a single goddamn fight for the card yet. Um, So nice to see that the UFC is going back to Paris. Would have been nicer if they would announce that they're going back to Paris with, I don't know, any fight on that card ready to be confirmed. But, you know, UFC going to UFC. So it is what it is in that scenario. Um. I know I know that this this next story is going to break a lot of hearts but as someone who has just the slightest bit of journalistic integrity I feel it is my responsibility in the, in the MMA MMA sphere words are hard life sometimes uh to make sure that this news is conveyed to everyone who needs to hear it Ladies, get a Kleenex, and fellas, I suppose, some of you. Um, it is official. Patty the Fatty is off the market. Patty Pimbleton has officially been married. I'm sorry. I know that it's just going to fuck up so many weekends, and Friday mornings are just going to be full of tears and boxed wine now for so many of you, and I apologize, but... I I wouldn't feel that I was doing my job if I didn't carry that information and let you guys know that. Um, No, wish them all the best though. Uh, Poor fucking gal doesn't seem to understand what she's really in for, but Hey, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride, sweetheart. Um, (laughs) uh, Patty is officially off the market though. They had a a very nice, very formal wedding over the weekend. So good for them. Congrats and, and best wishes to Mr. And Mrs. Pimbleton. Um, that being said, the UFC did not miss its opportunity to do a little bit of house cleaning while they had the extra day off. Uh, they have officially swept several UFC fighters who completed their contracts out the fucking door to the tune of Ayer Latifi, Maquan Amir which surprised me a little bit, Trevin Jones... Tony Gravely, which didn't surprise me. Omar Morales, which didn't surprise me. Batgarel Dana, which did surprise me a little bit. And then Munir Laziz, which also surprised me a little bit. Um... All of those gentlemen have officially completed their contracts and technically speaking at any point could get resigned with the UFC. But as of right now, they have all completed their contracts and none of them have officially been offered extensions or renewals from the UFC standpoint. So it's going to be interesting to see if any of those gentlemen manage to get their shit together and get it back to the UFC. Like we have seen possible several times recently, or if their run is done and they're out the door now, so it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that. Um, we did open up by mentioning that currently the uh, PFL's regular season four is ongoing right now. Uh, let me take a look. Uh, yes. So despite missing weight yesterday by six and a half fucking pounds. Uh, Ty Flores did manage to win his match on the PFL 4 card this evening by decision, so holy shit. Five and a half fucking pounds plus the one pound weight allowance. That's just fucking ridiculous to show up that heavy to a goddamn fight as a professional in literally the Professional Fighters League. But I digress. Irony being on your irony and all. Um, that being said, though, unfortunately, that brings me to the point where once again, I have to end my new segment for the week by repeating the fact that we are now literally almost dead set halfway through the calendar fucking year. And Dana White has yet to have to face any real world consequences For openly slapping his wife multiple times on New Year's Eve down in Mexico. And no, despite how many times he fucking says it, having to live with the knowledge that it happened is not subsequent punishment. So fuck you, Dana, and I will continue to repeat it through the rest of the year or until someone actually holds that motherfucker accountable. That being said, though, uh, do any of you gentlemen have anything this week that I might have missed in the news world?
1: Not that you're interesting enough or worthwhile to talk about.
0: Gotcha.
3: (laughs) So, that will bring us then to the point where sometimes when you've been in this game for a while and you've been watching MMA for a while, you kind of get set in your ways and you get accustomed to consuming your MMA, how, when, where, and the way that you're accustomed to doing it. And unfortunately, sometimes that can lead you to develop a set of of blinders, as it were, and kind of narrow your periphery for consumption and for new shit. Luckily for us on the show here, we just so happen to have ourselves a bona fide young person with his finger just a click twick and right there on the pulse of the MMA world, helping us stay in touch with all the newest up and comers we need to be paying attention to before they get to be the big names that we know they're all inevitably going to be. In a little segment that we like to call Slows, Cans, and Contenders,
0: appreciate it, brother. So, uh My update on this season of The Ultimate Fighter. Haven't watched it. Don't know if I'm going to watch it. I'm I'm a working man now, and uh, that's not worth my fucking time. That's how I've looked at it this week. My time is very precious, and that shit was not worth it. So I did not stay up and try to watch that bullshit. I don't know if I will, but if I do... I'll give an update on that next fucking week. Just let people know how the fuck it went. I know there was another finish. I saw some highlights of it on Instagram. Shit, there was another little finish. So I guess some guys are looking decent. But they look half-ass. They look like very amateur-ass fights. It it looks like a clown circus. There's that. As for this weekend's card, there's some excitement to be had. Um, definitely some cans. So I'm starting out with my cans. I've been liking just clumping bites together, right, because there's just literal cans versus cans. So I'm going to do that again a couple times this weekend. I got Blake Builder versus Kyle Nelson. Just a literal can versus can matchup. I know you guys definitely don't like Blake Builder. I, I don't. Is a fighter, you know, I I don't think he's got much to offer, even though he doesn't have any losses on the record. Kyle Nelson, this is a one in four and one in the UFC. The dude's just been absolute trash. So this fight, I don't feel like there's anything to be excited about whatsoever. I'm just throwing it in the trash, right? They're both in the garbage can. the first fight of the night, I think. It was a ladies fight. The strawweight bout, Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. I'll throw them in the can category, too. That whole fight This just a can versus a can. I know they're both 26 years old, so technically you could turn yourself around a little bit. But uh, once you're in the trash can, I don't feel like you can really dust yourself off. <sighs> One, one, it's kind of like once you go black, you never go back. Once you go can, you never go back. And so, it's going to be a trash way to start the night. So I got those two fights just clubbed together. And then Eric Anders. Just as a solo. Eric Anders, just throw him in the can category. Don't know why he's still in the UFC. And uh hope Marc-Andre Barrio wipes the floor with that motherfucker especially in front of the Canadian fans I mean that's going to be a hell of a fucking time so the contenders on the card this weekend I got Miranda Maverick just because uh, even if Jasmine is Canadian she's got the home crowd behind her I'm not solid on her as a contender I don't think she's shown us much in her three fights she's had so far in the UFC. She beat Kay Hansen. That was the best fight she had. This is a tough matchup for her against Miranda Maverick, and I think Miranda Maverick still got that ability to be a potential contender at only 25 years old. Jazz DeVisci is 34 years old, so it's completely different. If she wins the fight against Miranda Maverick, I feel like it's literally just the home crowd juicing her up more than the actual skill. Like, oh, she's a better fighter than Maverick. But I'm throwing Miranda in this category because she beats this chick. You know, she's trying to hype up on this, you know, Canadian card and give her the hometown crowd. Maverick wins that fight. She's probably pushing herself back up again. I got uh, Steve Ursi. This kid's making his debut against David Devorak. you know, stepping in, not, uh, what, a couple weeks' notice. So there's not, not a lot of notice for this kid. But he uh, won his past eight fights, 9-1 record, majority finishes. So we'll see what the kid can do in his debut against Dvorak. Now I got Mike Malad, obviously. You know, hometown guy, won his first couple fights in the UFC by first-round finish, won every one of his nine wins by finish. So we'll see what he can do against Adam Fuggett. I know they like to pronounce it Fugit, but I love saying Fuggett, man. And it just rings true to me, Adam Fuggett. But I think Mike Willow's going to do something special, having that home crab behind me. And the dude... To me, he seems like Michael Chandler's son. It's like Mike Chandler had a vacation when he was younger up in Canada and had himself, you know, a fucking little side baby or something. Because he, he's great on the microphone, and he looks very similar to Michael Chandler, just a skinnier version. Dude's fun, like, I saw the press conference whenever I got home from work. Dude's fantastic on the microphone. He's got serious potential to be like a star a little bit, too. If he continues to plug those wins and those finishes together. And then the, I'm finishing the contenders off. Nate the motherfucking train. There's no way in hell you can't put him in the contenders. I don't give a fuck about the age or whatever. I know all of us have been on the fucking train for quite a while. You know, we've been on this fucking bandwagon. It's, a, it's just about time. Danny Gay, another dude that I know we all fucking love. 50k for a reason. Always goes out, throws it down. You know, had a little bit of a struggle in his past handful of fights. He got the knockout in his last fight, but, you know, three fight losing streak before that might be really tough for him here. I think Nate the fucking gets it done. That puts him in the top 15 and obviously sets him up for a fucking run. Obvious contender. Love to hear from you, boys. What's your chance and contenders of the weekend?
1: I'll run with that. Look, right off the get go, I agree a hundred percent on grouping that fight together. Kyle Nelson, big builder, welcome both. They can both hit the showers, get their walking papers at the same fucking time. I'm all right with it. Ain't gonna hurt nobody's feelings. Oh, um, as far as a straight out fucking can, I'm 100% an Eric Anders hater, and I will say it. Fuck that can. The dude is trash. I hope Marc Andre Barrel puts him into fucking space. Just absolutely destroys him. That'll make my day. That'll make Canada happy. It'll be a good way to kick off the card, the main portion of the card. Not saying that's what's going to happen, but I hope that happens in that fashion. Who knows? Barry has got that knockout power. We've seen it. But yeah. Oh, um, on the contenders side of the house, I actually I'm gonna say something that seems like it's um low hanging fruit, but I don't think so. I'm gonna say Charles Oliveira for this reason and this reason alone. The last four times that Charles Oliveira has fought in Canada, he has lost. He's got a tough fight ahead of him, in and But he's also ranked number one for a fucking reason. And they have right now, which I'll cover in a minute, they have him listed as the underdog. Same. I think he deserves in that contender side of the house. because <laughs> I think we've seen him flip that coin possibly this weekend. Just saying the odds are there. It seems like it could be low-hanging fruit being he's the number one ranked lightweight, but... The way he's shown in Canada, I think it's time that we put him back into that contender's area just because of where he's at and knowing he's lost his last four there. So I think one was to – was it? Holloway. Um, fuck, I forget who the other ones were. Shit. But I know there was four of them in total, all in Canada. No, definitely not necessarily a side of it. In fact, that fight as a whole, that is – Contender, right there as a whole. That fucking fight, to be honest, is the best fight on the entire fucking card. Period, bar none. So, I'll take that low hanging fruit and fucking smack that out of the park. No problem.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if that's so much low hanging fruit as it is the fucking Atlas moment of this whole goddamn card, just carrying the whole fucking thing on its shoulders, man. No, Du Bronx and fucking Benny are single-handedly carrying this fucking card and they're just waving Mike Mullot out there so the Canadians smile after Andre Barrio waves us to death with a fucking 3 run snooze post against but uh no I, I I've got as as usual uh, a couple of controversial ones here. Uh situational uh, as they may be because of where we are, and I don't give a damn, I'm going with both of them. So uh the first one here my contender kind of like last week it's situational not that I don't think this gentleman could be a contender otherwise but I think that the matchup that they have got him in has got him looking particularly contender-y this week in my opinion and that is Amon Zahabi If you've been watching MMA for any amount of time, you know what a fucking fight genius Farasa Sahabi is and what he has done with so fucking many MMA fighters. This is literally his little brother who has been a sponge right there with him for years now, deciding to actually go into combat sports himself. So the potential is literally off the fucking charts. Uh, I like Arichi Lang, but... I think if you could get a better platform for uh, Eamon Zahabi to shine, I don't know what it would be than this. Uh, So everything just seems to be pointing towards him being able to put on a very nice performance for us. And I think that just makes everything look even better. My can for this week is equally situational. Not that I don't think this gentleman could be a contender, but In the matchup that they gave him and he, for whatever reason, agreed to, uh, the action man is looking to get a solid fucking stamp, and we know that he's very capable of it. I like Nasruddin Imovov, but he has had a very rough go at things lately, to say the least. Chris Curtis, if you've been watching social media, he's been grinding his ass off. He's ready to get in there and hurt somebody again. And I like Nasir but he hangs his chin out there real fucking lazy. He hangs his, his left hand out a lot when he's looking for the shot. He doesn't keep his guard real tight. And against a dude like Chris Curtis who can blitz across the cage and just put you on your fucking ass, that's a dumb thing to do. And I'm afraid we're going to see him do it this weekend and have devastating results. <laughs>
2: Alright. Mine is kind of situational. At least my 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 can my can situation. Because it's not so much the fight itself. The fight's there, the fight's good, I understand it. It's just the placement. It's just it's just the placement and it's the mulat fucking thing. Man, dude I, I I understand it. I understand it. Represent for Canada, Ah, fuck yeah! Represent for Canada, man. I get that, but motherfucker, close, close the fight out with two with two bangers, and then a title fight. Like give us, like give us that, because it it would just be so much better. Fucking fifty k and then and fucking the Nate train, and then do Bronx and fucking uh fucking Benny. That that is just it's it's begging for it, but you it up because you put you i understand it though i get it i respect it shout out to the home crowd for fucking my i i get it i feel it they, they had an opportunity there that could have been better uh of course contender is is a, the the fucking 50 the cane fucking nate always those boys are fucking bangers they don't have boring fights always, always, always gonna be a fucking contender.
0: Good shit. I agree with everyone, you fucking points. Glad to fucking get all you in charge, in, but that's it for me.
3: Good shit. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. So, this brings us to the point where most podcasts would be giving you mid-credit B-roll fucking ad plugs. No, 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 no. We don't fucking do that shit around here. Around here, if you want to help support the podcast, it's real easy. You just go to patreon.com slash Joe, and for as little as $1 a month, you'll get your name on the end of every single thing that broadcasts on this channel as a thank you, and access to exclusive, literal unaired and unairable content things that we legally have to keep behind a paywall and verify that you are above 18 to be able to see too hot for only fans just saying but that aside this brings us to the segment of the show that requires its own individual disclaimer before we can proceed forward so Tapology.com does not in any way, shape, or form endorse, support, or sponsor the I'm No Joe podcast. Yeah. That being said, Tapology.com does offer the option for you to go to their site, create a free account, and join groups of like-minded individuals in making your picks on MMA fights just such like we talk about all the time here. And we recap the fuckery that we have in our fun little group, I'm no bookie or group 965, however you need to search it. It is open to the public. You are more than welcome to bring your happy ass right on down and put your picks head-to-head with all of ours. And a little thing, we recap, Colin, Tapology with TJ.
1: So, decisions, decisions. We're going to start with last week. I thought about going over all of the odds this week, but – Similar to the last couple of weeks, no crazy fucking odds, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so last week we had UFC Fight Night, Kai Carafont and Bazi. There, um, didn't watch the card. First card I have not watched in ages, namely because I was at a event from noon until about one o'clock in the morning ish. We'll just say it was a long event, but um, going back, rewatching things afterwards, surprising, I didn't watch stuff live. But hey, you know, strange things happen. Uh, we had quite the turnout as far as um, gap in picks correct versus not correct compared to our normal weeks normally. We're all pretty close as far as um, picks are concerned. Um, I will gladly toot my own horn this week as I took home the gold. Just a smidgen over Vindog the Booty Hog who is only about 35 points behind me. Not far at all. Same amount of picks. The only thing that upended it was I had one perfect, he had two semi-perfects, and I had one semi-perfect. Otherwise, we were, horse course, going all the way there. So, bin dog fucking hats off to you, did fantastic. And right up behind him, Christian. Christian was only a good 115 points off of his brother, so... This is where that gap gets very wide when we say we don't normally have this wide of a gap between our group. It's usually pretty close, so when I seen something like this, I thought it was interesting to see how wide the gap was as far as points. And Christian edges out Don by a whopping 10 points who then absolutely decimated his wife so he won't be doing dishes. She came in at a 390. Ooh. Put them on stanky legs there. Now, not to be outdone, but our captain, old captain here, um, decided he was going to flop out the dick, roll over it with the boat, get the boat back out of the water, and then pull the trailer right over top of it before he decided to pull it back in. Uh, meter coming in at the lowly bottom with a 275 now when i say the points are wide i don't care about that it's weird that our picks are so wide and myself and Vinny sitting up there with nine correct and at the far end of things we've got meter with five like the fucking numbers aren't adding up compared to what we normally do we're usually all pretty close every once in a while there's a stray shooting star in there but that doesn't say much because even donna was only at six i saw don just
3: standing on his dick for so many weeks there and i felt bad for him and i just
1: <laughs> you took one for like, the
0: team
3: yeah like everything slowed down and was like max pain time and i was like no
1: don't i have noticed though um over the last month, actually, since we've come back from Kansas City, Bindog the Booty Hog has really upped his fucking game lately. I'm fucking sure well he's been on it, man. Christian, you guys need to fist fight it out over there with your brother to figure out who's going to be the top dog in the house, man. Because uh, Right. The, I don't know, man. You guys keep going back and forth, flipping places over there. One week, it's Vindog ahead of you. Next week, it's you ahead of him. I'm just saying. Might want to look into that. I would mention another guy on the panel, but he's never made picks because, you know. I see. Anyhow, uh, that'll take care of this week's. Now, don't forget, you two can get in on this action. All you have to do is go over to Tapology, join group 965, or I'm No Bookie. It's both the same thing. We'll talk shit about you, or praise you when you do well. That's how this game works. It's just bragging rights for a week until the next event comes. Then somebody else gets bragging rights. This week, I get those bragging rights. So fuck the rest of you for this week. Until
3: well, unless unless Caboolo fucking wins and then Lofty wins and I ace the fucking PFL four and I'm gonna giggle like a little girl.
1: That makes it. <laughs> so, got that going on there. Um, now. Next week, we of course have, or well, I say next week, I mean Saturday. Our next card coming up here. uh, What I will call a paid per view, air quotes for those of you that are listening. Um, Because to be honest, I don't think it's paid per view worthy. But, you know, what the fuck do I know? Um, but, anyhow, like I was saying earlier, the odds themselves like the last probably month or more, they're pretty even across the board. We're seeing mostly coin flips. The widest margin on the card that I could find was the main event. Go fucking figure. Manda Nunes at a minus 350, and they got Arena Aldana at a plus 260 underdog. Not surprising, but I don't know if it's... Again, I hate to beat a dead horse, but just keeps coming back to life, so I got to keep putting it fucking down. Either the bookies are afraid to make those wide bets because of the fuckery that has taken place, or the UFC's matchmaking is so ungodly fucking great that they're just making perfectly even fights all the time. For those of you who can't see, I'm waving the bullshit flag. So... Uh, But, again, we're pretty close across the board. I think the next closest one was the Dan Ige and Nate The Train. And Dan Ige is a minus 250 favorite. They're not giving Nate The Train any fucking credit at a plus 200. To be honest, I thought that one would have been a little bit closer. And, of course... Oh, I take that back. I did. There was one other one, um, that had wider odds than that, and just blow the Nunes fight, and that's the Miranda Maverick and Jasmine Judavishus. They yeah, got Maverick at a minus three hundred and Judavishus as a plus two forty. So she's cannon fodder for the Canadian crowd there, which it's gonna happen. Yeah, um, most of everything else, pretty much coin flips. Those are your three big ones. Um, also now, what's really crazy is our co-main event. Guess what? They do not have that wide of a margin on there. You're looking at uh, Charles Oliveira being a plus 125 and Benil Dariush being a minus 145. So being as they have Charles sitting as a plus 125, they've obviously looked at what I mentioned earlier. His last four fights in Canada have been losses. I'm not saying he's had four losses in a row, but it's been four losses in a row every time he goes to Canada, if everybody's picking up what I'm putting down there. So I can understand why they have him as a slight underdog in that situation, but to be honest, I'm taking that fucking bet there. That's a bet I'm willing to take, just because you you can't look down at the number one. However, you can't look down at Benil Dariush either, because he's been looked over so goddamn much, it's fucking crazy. But that's just one you might want to think about if you're going out making bets. Um, That one's a little bit of a teetering point. But if you're looking to make money, it's not going to be a lot. But you can bet on old Charlie. Well, yeah, that'll give you your odds for this week. And hopefully you join the group over on Tapology. I'm no bookie, Group 965 Come make picks with us. Have fun. Get shit talked about you or to you. It's going to be a good time.
0: Hell yeah.
3: Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated for that. So that will bring us to the point in the show where, unfortunately, for those of you who are only listening to this in the all audio version via anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe into your podcast consumption platform of choice, uh, you won't be able to see. But for those of you who are with us here on YouTube.com slash I'm no Joe, you will know by the terrifying gift that has rolled across your screen that this is the point where the fun and the ha-ha's get put aside, where the rivalry gets brought out in place of camaraderie. Things get a little more serious and a little less fun in a thing that we like to call the pit. This evening, we have got a very, very special matchup, a rematch sometime In the making now, these two gentlemen faced off back in the long, long ago, the far, far away when there were no adults. Uh, We're running it back, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing the goddamn thing. Again, we are letting the young gunner, the stunner, the up-and-comer coming out of retirement himself. This fucking stranger has made the reappearance to come back and claim victory that he left so aggravatingly on the table so long ago to the man, the myth, the legend, Slowbake himself. Christian here to defend his teacher. So this evening, ladies and gentlemen, we have got a very highly anticipated rematch on our hands. Christian, are you ready for the fun, yeah. sir? I'm what the
0: fuck is for it, After I my fuck TV, yes, I am fucking <laughs> ready. <laughs>
3: good shit uh, I, I think RJ is there I'm, I'm assuming uh, I don't know he does have spectrum cable so
2: fuck yes I'm ready son you remember All what right. I told you earlier
3: oh shit oh shit
2: oh wait for it
3: gotta get the sensor bar ready in case he does pull his dick out
0: no
2: <laughs> come on spectrum don't fuck me right now <laughs> It's fucking... Yeah, my whole computer just lagged out. I can still hear you though.
0: <laughs>
2: Wait for it. Come on, Spectrum. Work for, Work for me. Meter, do you remember what I talked about earlier? Yeah. This is fucking war, son. Oh, this is shit. fucking war. You fucking. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. This is fucking war. Okay. Are you fucking ready for this shit, Christian? This is war.
0: I'm always ready.
2: I'm gonna be sticky as fucking ten
0: minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <clears throat> but, that yes. being said <laughs> Oh brother, this is more
3: Alright, so gentlemen Unfortunately The card that we have this weekend Is UFC 289 in Vancouver Fortunately, there are some gems on this card for us to talk about So, we're going to kick things off the way we like to around here RJ, since it has been so long since you have been here in the pit, Christian, has, Christian excuse me, has more recent experience. We are going to give you the uh, privilege of going first here, since you are so freshly sticky and
2: all. Fucking Roger that.
3: So starting things out around here as we like to do. <laughs> Uh, On every card, there is only so much publicity that any one person can do. And inevitably, there is one fight that just doesn't get the love that it deserves. One fight that if there is anyone within earshot of you, you feel it your obligation as an MMA fan to get their attention focused on the screen. One that we like to refer to as the fight of the evening for you. So RJ which fight in your opinion just isn't getting the love that it deserves which one needs just that extra little bit of shine for your sake
2: Personally I can and I can never fucking pronounce the motherfucker's name but you were talking about him earlier with the old, uh goddamn um Zahabi the Zahabi fight neither one How of those mother name? yes or Neither one of those motherfuckers are getting as near, near as much fucking respect put in their name that they deserve. Like, I mean, Aruchi Lang just came into the UFC a year or two ago, lost his first fight, won his second fight pretty fucking nicely. Gotta put some respect on it, and Zahabi, motherfucking Zahabi. Zahabi's been fairly fucking consistent since he came into the UFC, put some respect on my man's name fucking deserves it and they're they're just not giving the press that they fucking deserve give them give them some fucking spotlight
3: and under good shit good shit i absolutely agree with that one obviously all in favor of seeing that fucking Richie Lang and Farassa, or, uh, excuse me, Farasa's little brother, Eamon Zahavi, uh, get a little more shine, for sure. So, that'll bring us back across the octagon, as it were, here. Christian, how you doing this evening, sir? Ready to go?
0: Doing fucking good. Damn sure, ready. <laughs> good
3: shit, good shit. So... In your opinion, sir, on this Canadian-as-fuck UFC 289 card in Vancouver, in your humble opinion, sir, what would you refer to as the
0: Amon okay, here
3: fight of the night for you?
0: All right, so RJ said this shit's fucking war, right? Like he's talking about putting respect on the names of Amon Zahabi and Corey Shalank. He couldn't even remember Zahabi's first name was Amon. Where's the respect, man? You had to have meter help you with that one. All right, so here's my fucking underhyped fight on this weekend's card: Nazarudin Emovov versus fucking Chris Curtis. This is beyond underhyped. They've got fucking Eric Anders ass fighting on the main card. How is this fight not on the main card? It's an actual, like, ranked fight, or should be for the rankings. Imov, I think, is still ranked, and Chris Curtis was in the top 15, but after taking that fucking loss, you know, kind of dropped him out, but he's just right outside the bubble, and gets this win. He's right back in, going to fight somebody ranked again. But Chris Curtis, I could have put him in the contender, shoot, you know, segment as well. Like, he could still be a contender if he strings a few more wins together. He'd be right up in there fighting top five, top ten guys. The dude has fucking always been good. Hell of a fucking finisher. And Imovov's got some finishing potential as well. Had a tough fight against uh, Sean Strickland at the start of the year, but he didn't seem like he was 100%. Seemed like there was something off with him there. Lord. But I think this fight is going to be a hell of a fucking exciting fight, and it's totally fucking underhyped. hasn't been talked about for shit, and you're putting it in the fucking prelims. Just can't fucking understand that.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with that one as well. Uh, that's the reason that I I made a point to to point both of these fights out earlier. They both, in my opinion, deserve way more shine than than they are getting here. Belfty, what are you thinking on round one here
1: between these two gentlemen? You know, we're going to put respect on names. We have to remember the names. So I have to give the points to Christian here because if you have to get help with names, there ain't no respect.
2: I lived in Florida.
1: <laughs> I know how the school system works down there, but that's no excuses. There's plenty yes. of live video to go listen to. <laughs>
2: Do, do do you think I know how to operate a computer?
1: <laughs>
0: to
3: get here that's all I'm saying right <laughs> Good shit good shit gentlemen no i I agree uh good point made, but the the name you gotta put respect on the name like you said son so we we are gonna go ahead and give points for round one to slow bake for remembering the name like no one will for Bilal muhammad uh, that being said round two switch things up around here just a little bit like we like to do christian we will give this one to you first sir if every card inevitably just doesn't have enough time to give every fight the shine it deserves by contrast, that means that there is always one fight that gets way more fucking shine than it ever should. The fight that we like to refer to as the intermission match, get your sodas, top off your popcorn, crank one out, do a fat dab, whatever turns your motor around, this is the time to do it. For you, sir, which fight is that this weekend? Well,
0: I mean, I just... For a slight joke, okay. Yeah, say the main event a main event just a little bit because I feel like Amanda Nunez is going to run through Al Don. So, it being the main event being hyped up the way it's been hyped up, you know, a little overhyped. But the true overhyped fight on this card, it's got to be Mike Malat. As much as I like this kid, And think he is a true contender, could be a star. Like I said, he seems like Michael Chandler's lost son. Um, Why is this on the main card? Why is this in the people's co-main event slot? I mean, even RJ did mention it earlier. Why is it above Nate the Train versus Danny Gay? A lot of questions here, mainly because of Adam Thuggett being the, the opponent. Like, uh, I like Mike Malad as a contender, but he's not really getting a big test here. He's getting a dude that's had two fights in the UFC and lost one of them. This this is a really questionable move. You're just trying to cater to the fans, get that a little bit. But uh, beyond overhyped putting this kid in this position and then giving him the huge spotlight, allowing him to be on a press conference, just every bit of it, you know, Love the kid. Like I said, good on the mic, like Michael Chandler. It's got to be his lost son. Makes no fucking sense why they're hyping this up the way they are.
3: Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with that. They are they are definitely pandering real fucking hard. It's it's kind of amazing that there isn't more flapping heads on this side of the main event, but luckily they they tamped it down a little bit more and beady little eyes just keep themselves in check so. <laughs> that being said bring us back across the octagon as it were here so rj if every I... card inevitably has the one that gets too much shine that means that one
2: has to stand out for you as i uh,
3: why are we still talking so
2: i am in 100% of grants that is why i fucking stated it earlier uh, the Mike Malott and fucking Fugit fight. I, 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 like I said, I understand it. I respect the UFC de- decision of putting that fight there because represent the home crowd. Fucking Canada. I, I understand it. But man, dude, put that as the opening. If you're going to keep it on the main card, put it as the fucking opening. Like, like f- find somebody else for fucking uh Mark. Fucking find, find somebody else for him. Fuck. Eric Anders fucking should have got another fight for that put the Malat fight as the fucking opener because you're both of them are this is their third fight in the fucking UFC exactly as Christian said fucking fuck it is one in one in the UFC and this being an early fight early in the career on the big stage you are fucking putting it up, and that's a lot of pressure on a new guy for the fucking home crowd, and you are potentially throwing him a fucking L because that's a lot of fucking pressure and that's a lot of shit to take on. Being my third fight in the UFC, they they they, they needed they need to move that opening for the main card or fucking premier prelim to close it to close it out
0: for the fucking home crowd of Canada. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree.
3: I I think this is, like, I I agree with both of you. I understand that they're putting this on there because they need more Canadian fighters that they think people will recognize, but putting this in that fucking people's come main event slot is just not a fucking smart idea. That should have always been Nate versus Dan, and that fucking fight is going to get everybody hyped up, and then I feel like this fuck it fight is going to be like, fuck it. Um, This time around, though, uh, we are going to give points to RJ. He did go into a little bit more depth. He remembered everybody's name. We're going to give him credit here for this one. Uh, Round two, we're going to give the points to RJ. (laughs) That being said, round three, flip things back around here. So, RJ, I don't remember the last time somebody needed to put on a back brace and chalked their hands for an MMA match, but God damn it, if Charlie Olives had fucking Benny Darius isn't doing all of the heavy lifting for this fucking Canadian card this weekend. So, to you sir, I ask, how the fuck does this snake wrestling
2: match turn out? I have a controversial take. So, we know Chali- Chaliaro's fucking motherfucking Dubronk. He's a fucking ender. He kills shit. If he doesn't kill it, he fucking strangles it. Now, let's look over here at fucking Benny Darius. This, 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 this fuck. Okay? He's a, he, he's a fucking 50-50 fighter. Half of his fights are literally fucking decision, Which means you're a point fighter. Or you got a decent chin. But, eh, decent chin... Let's look at it. Okay, you got a little ground game? Motherfucker, go to the ground. Charlie Olives chokes your ass out, fucking bends you over, and butt fucks you. You are
0: done. I'm calling it sub third round. You're calling sub for Charlie Olives third
2: round? Ch- Charlie gets a sub third round. Oh. Benny... Benny, Benny's got a chin. Credit where credit is due. He also has a decent bit of ground game. Credit where credit is due. But it... And he's a, a, ta, a tad bit fucking weird. So I think first round, play it, get timing down, see how fucking Benny's moving. Second round, start tearing him down. Take those legs out. Take those legs out. Take the movement. Third round, fucking over. Wow.
3: Bold strategy, Cotton. Definitely have to see how that one plays out for him, for sure. Interesting take. Interesting take indeed, sir. So, that will bring us back across the octagon, as it were, to you, Christian. In our all-weight-bearing co-main event we have got this weekend, Oliveira trying to climb his way back up to that goddamn belt and Benny, dare you, trying damn hard not to be denied one more time. So how do you think this one shakes out, sir?
0: Well, I damn sure know I don't want to see any guy-on-guy butt fucking like RJ was proposing earlier. But um, I think this fight has a lot of excitement to it. Uh, it'd be nicer if it was a five-round fight because um, the potential that these two could get into a war. I think Benil has a lot more talent than a lot of people would give him credit for or think. It was just kind of the similar boat with Islam Makashev. You know, huge winning streak, but he hasn't fought a ton of huge names. But I think Benil is even better than Islam, has fought better guys than Islam did before he got to the point that he's at now. I also think, you know, that would be a more interesting matchup. Benil, you know, that's that's my fandom talking. I don't want to see another rematch, the same thing we've already seen. But all respect to Charles Oliveira. has got what the most finishes in the fucking UFC. Dude's fucking crazy. I mean, he has the knockout power. He has the ground game. I just think Benil Dariush has that ability to go into a war and wear somebody down. And especially with a guy like Charles Oliveira, I think that's kind of what you have to do. It's similar to Paul Felder, you know, the Paul Felder fight when Oliveira was beat by Felder. You, you just got to wear the fucking dude down, and I think that's Benil's strong suit—is getting the fight to the ground. But I feel like he uh, has the talent and ability to potentially get that ground and pound work and have that dominant control. If Islam Makashev could have some dominant control and get that finish over Oliveira, you know he's lost to a lot of people. He's not—he's not an invincible guy. He's just a great fighter, right? So, it was the difference between him and Habib. Habib never lost, even though a lot of people would say he didn't fight the greatest ever either. Even if he stayed undefeated, but it's I think mean. Benil. Has a people. huge, huge fucking chance here. Obviously, potential to get the title if he wins this fight, but I think the Neil fucking edges this one out. And I think it's going to be a three-round war. It just goes to the decision, and hopefully the judges are actually fucking paying attention. Like, yeah, I know most of them are probably eighty or ninety years old. Give them some bifocals or something, magnifying glass, so they can actually see what the fuck's going on this week.
3: No, I I agree. Um, I I think Benil Dariush is is being highly overlooked for damn sure. I I I can't believe RJ called Benil Dariush a decision machine. i It's like it it broke my brain for a second there. Um, I love Charlie Olives, but man, Benil he's eighty six
2: percent decisions. That's yeah, the decision kind of machine. He's a point
3: fighter. How many of those did he lose?
2: No, that those are those are his victories. He's eighty six percent decision.
3: That's what I am saying. How many decisions has he been in that he lost?
2: Yeah, I know he's a, he's a great point fighter. Yeah, yeah.
3: It was but, Charlie Olive, so it's an interesting matchup. I am curious. I don't know. I am I am very curious to see how that. Here is another us.
0: statistic for you since he's throwing out the statistics: eighty six percent decision. Blah blah blah. Thirteen finishes and twenty two wins. It doesn't seem like eighty six percent decisions. I think your math's a little skewed, buddy. You got 42 <laughs> professional victories, 13 of them won but, by
2: Fitton. 5% by KO, 86 by decision, 8 by 7.
0: I just pulled that up on UFC.
3: Well, see, there's your first mistake, though. You're trusting UFC facts.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs> I just pulled that up. <laughs> so, yeah, you stats.
3: Can't use logic in a UFC situation. We know that. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree yeah no i i agree both both of you make very good points here uh except rj calling him a decision machine uh no charlie olives <laughs> is, is always a fucking threat especially on the fucking ground especially if he's got time to work with you but i feel like charlie olives as much as i love him is more of a threat in a five round fight than he is in a three round fight because he's one of those fucking peter Yan esque fighters that will take the first round off to try and read you and against a guy like dariush who's not going to take his foot off the fucking gas pedal that can come back to bite you in the ass in my opinion real fucking hard um but if anybody's gonna get your fucking neck in the ufc it's charlie goddamn olive so that's that's a fair point on both sides um I will say in in this situation here, I I love fucking Charlie Olives, but I think he plays too fucking fast and loose. I'm inclined to agree with Christian here. Uh, I'm giving point for round three to Slow Bake. I think Charlie Olives is going to make it fun, but I think he's just he he plays it too fucking fast and loose, man. I love the dude, but he takes too many chances for a guy who wants to hold the fucking belt again. And Dariush is just steadily standing there beating the shit out of everyone they fucking put in front of him going, who's next? How many more before the belt? Who's next? Well, and then at the fucking press conference this afternoon, Dana uh, 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 uh and Benny said, no, no, when I beat him and I beat him so dominantly you can't deny me, they're going to give me the title shot. I was like, He ain't playing no more, so I I get it. So we'll give round three here to Christian. So that'll bring us into round four, bringing things back around. We will start this one off with you, Christian. Inevitably, if there's a great fight, there's also a not-so-great fight. Unfortunately for us, that just happens to be our co-main and main event. So we have to talk about the marquee because it's the biggest face on the poster, and it's the biggest name they put on the goddamn card. Amanda Nunez coming back against late replacement Irene Aldana, coming back down to 35 to defend that Bantamweight strap. How do you think it plays out, sir?
0: Well, I mean, we've seen fights here in the past that have been a lot more exciting than we thought they were going to be. But honestly, at Valentina's past couple of fights against Talia Santos and then Melissa Gatto. It was a tougher test than we thought they were going to be. They were exciting-ass fights. I mean, Juliana Pena yeah, actually beat Amanda in the first fight. That was a fucking shock. That was exciting in the moment. It was exciting to see Amanda beat her ass for five rounds and tear her face up in the second fight as well. It would not have been exciting to see a third fucking fight between those two. So I'm excited that it's at least someone new Irene Aldana has that knockout power and ability, so this could be a fun fight, right? It's five rounds. Even if Nunez is on her shit, if Aldana is fighting her best fight of her life, right, because it's for the title, fighting your heart out, we could get a five-round war between these two ladies and actually be impressed by the end of the night after some fucking exciting fights, you know? have a decent finish. That's what I'm hoping for. Staying optimistic. What I think is going to happen, one or two rounds, Amanda Nunes is just going to fucking run throughout Donna. It's going to be a knockout or it's going to be a submission. She's just going to dominate it. And then she's potentially going to take another year off before she fights again or she might retire. And that's just going to be the situation where it's similar with John Jones. They're just going to sit around and enjoy their life because they don't really need to fight. Maybe she fights again, maybe she doesn't. Pretty pretty much thinking this is going to be a run through. Just hoping it's a nice long fight. We get, a, we get a war. We get some competition, you know? She is the greatest female fighter of all time at this point. be nice to fucking see somebody compete with her.
3: Yeah, no, you know, I, I agree. I'm I hoping... That we get a war, but we'll see. We'll see. So uh that'll bring us back across the octagon, as it were, here to uh the man in the plate carrier calling out our main event here. Unfortunately, not the uh most exciting fight we could have brought you back for, but when you deal with the UFC, sometimes it is what it is. Unfortunately, we got one of those weekends, but they are taking it up to the great white north, so RJ, my question for you, sir, for this round four, up in the land of Vancouver, Tenth Island, if you will, had Holloway been on the goddamn card, how does Nunez versus Aldana wrap up the weekend, sir?
2: Uh, now I am, I am, I'm in agreeance. Aldana does have a chance. She does absolutely have some knockout power. Even late into the fight, with her last fight, uh, the fucking Macy fight, she did get a third-round knockout, if I'm not mistaking. She did get a third round. So late in the fight, she still holds some power. That's there. That is a fucking weapon, and especially with Nunez's fucking rush, his bum rush and just constant pressure. That is that is something that does need to be considered because every now and then Nunez gets a just a tad a tad bit tad bit overzealous and drops one hand. Um. So Adonis knockout power is one hundred percent a weapon. I'd love to see something happen with that, but I I don't foresee it. She she she. Aldana just hasn't ha- hasn't fought somebody. If this is the Nunez that is that has been before, and then the rematch of her title fight, it, if it's if it's that Nunez, she's never dealt with that sort of pressure. I think she's gonna fucking slip up, get taken down, and just get choked to shit, just like half the fucking other women that have fought amanda nunez has ever fucking turned out either you're asleep or you are just got fucking choked to death it's i'm 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 calling it second round can't call away i'm calling it early second round though interesting
3: interesting indeed no i i agree uh there there is always that fucking possibility and I was actually literally just having this discussion with somebody yesterday there is always the possibility that the Amanda Nunez we saw in the first Juliana Pena match shows up and much as I will continue to fucking scream that she was coming three weeks off of fucking COVID diagnosing that had her in the fucking hospital. She didn't just catch the light version of it where she stayed home for a week and had to eat fucking crackers and drink chicken noodle soup. She was in the fucking hospital. Like she had that shit bad and had fucking lung damage from it. Still managed to get up and get out and come fight in the fucking match because her belt was on the line. Maybe not the smartest idea, but there's always a possibility that that Amanda shows up again because that's, one of the things that can happen with the backstreet boys unfortunately the possibility in the real world though is that we see the amanda who's tired of bitches talking shit shows up and just fucking puts the hurt on a rain real goddamn fast and i i am inclined to believe that that's how this is gonna go um i, I do agree with christian i i think there's a very strong possibility. After this fight, it's either a year before we see her in the cage again, or she just takes her goddamn gloves off because she made a point to mention that she couldn't retire with Pena as champion. Knowing that she's got her belt back and then stamped it with another defense after Pena, which kicks her all the way down the goddamn line anyway, might be the way to hang him up. But I think either way, this is... This is going to be a hard night for Irene Eldana, in my opinion. I don't know how long it's going to be, but forever long it is. It's going to be a hard fucking night for that gal. Um, point for round four here is going to go to RJ. And for those of you who've been following along and are able to math, that means that we are all tied up and going in to round five sudden death overtime winner take all and if you watch the show you know that round five has absolutely nothing to do with the card that we're talking about this weekend so rj you've been gone for a hot minute here so i will give you the choice of destiny but before we get to that christian as the show's current young gunner Young person, I will give you the champion's prerogative. Would you like to go first or put RJ on the spot first?
0: He can go first, too.
3: All right. So, RJ, the fate of the two of you is now in your hands. The post-it notes
2: of destiny call to you. One
3: through five. Pick a number,
2: sir. Motherfucker, you know, I'm from Florida. Raise hail, praise Dale. Number three, son. Three, it is. It's always number three, by the way. Ooh,
3: this is a good one. This is a good one. I'm glad I fucking put this one on there because I thought about not, and I'm glad I did. All right. So, RJ, the question for you, sir What is The best missed walkout song. The song that someone should have used by now and hasn't that would absolutely blow the fuck away.
2: Oh, the best missed
3: walkout. There's some good ones. There's some real good walkout songs. But there's also some real good songs that folks haven't used yet that would just fucking mic drop as they came out into the stadium.
2: I feel I feel like a a a sol- like somebody that is just known for their knockout power like if it was like a somebody like an Nganu or something like that. I feel like enter the sandman, I don't know if that one's been used. I feel like enter the sandman would be a solid one for a for just somebody that's just fucking knockout after knockout after knockout. I feel like that would be a real fucking solid one. I Feel like that'd be real fucking solid. You know, you, you, I don't know. I don't know that anybody uses Enter
3: Sandman as a walkout song now that I think you, about that.
1: I'm almost 100% positive I've heard or seen that before. Have you? Almost
0: 100% positive. I I,
2: I also don't listen to modern music at all. So I'm, 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 my 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 taste of music is classic
0: rock. got to do the research now. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> No,
3: I, I, I would definitely say if somebody came out to fucking Enter Sandman, that could definitely get the fucking crowd rocking for goddamn sure. Good answer, good answer. So that'll bring us back across oh. the octagon, as it were.
2: Here, oh. Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fucking fitting. That's but
1: fitting. there is a caveat to that.
3: God, fuck, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon Laughney yeah. just Brandon
1: Loughney just fucked me. Brandon Laughney just fucked
3: me. Son of a bitch! <laughs> no, oh
0: shit! Live reaction. Live I, I was shit. gonna say it's been a
1: while since we have used the caveat word, so I thought it was the. <laughs> no, no, no! I literally picked the PFL four card,
3: perfect, top to fucking bottom, save for Brandon Laughney's bitch ass who just lost me the fucking card. Uh...
1: It, it was caught the the version of Inter Sandman that was used. Was a cover done by the band Ghost? Oh, that's why. So, so okay, that's why. Because I'm guessing it has something to do with Metallica. Metallica,
3: yeah. so probably Metallica yeah. not wanting to fucking play Napster games or something one. like oh, yeah, that. I was gonna say that was the Napster yeah, era, the so that makes sense. Yeah, DMCA, I get it. I get, get it. it. All right, so, so I'm a
1: technicality. Man. Yeah, we can,
3: we can let that one slide. I think I was gonna say technically Metallica hasn't been used and. Ghost is, well, we'll leave that for another show. But uh, that'll bring us back here to uh, Christian. So round five, question for you, sir. The best missed walkout song in your opinion.
0: All right. So this one was easy for me, man. I love this fucking question. I use this song all the fucking time and the promo post for my podcast, our fucking podcast here, all this shit. It's got to be Custer from fucking Slipknot. There's no way in hell. I've never heard anybody really use Slipknot at all on the professional level, but especially Custer come out to cut, cut, cut me up and fuck, fuck, fuck me up. Oh, oh my God. That'd get the crowd fucking going beyond belief. Oh, fuck. What, what better fucking song to walk out when you're about to get in a cage, fucking pretty much naked, and try to beat the living shit out of somebody else. Fantastic fucking way to get yourself and everybody else hyped up. It's got to be Custer by Slipknot. I
2: mean, I mean, really, you could go any Slipknot song with that, man. They true. a lot, true. a lot of Slipknot songs have, have been used in most MMA. True. That's true. That, just, just that, just that, just the band. That the band selection is a fucking solid. Right so I will say, regardless,
3: great answers from both of you gentlemen. Uh, tedious though it may be, heavy though the burden may be, much like Charles Oliveira, this bat can handle the load. Uh, so, tough as the decision was, I do have to say, being technic- technically correct is my favorite type of correct. And technically speaking, RJ's answer was previously used, though not by the original intended artist. And though I would love to see someone currently come out to Metallica playing <laughs> that song, I would beat my dick like it owed me money if somebody walked out to Slipknot and cut 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 me up started fucking playing I would literally throw my hat in the air and strip my shirt off like that little kid on the soccer (laughs) meme and start fucking going that (laughs) hands down that would fucking be it so I I have no choice I have no choice I have to give the point for round five and the victory here to Slowbake both of you gentlemen well fucking played. RJ, thank you very much for coming back. Both these gentlemen put up a hell of a fucking match, and I absolutely appreciate it. But god damn it, my fucking dick would be rough shape if they came out to Slipknot, I'm telling you right now.
0: Yeah, people need to put some motherfucking respect on Slipknot. God damn it. That's totally Fuck. an MMA vibe. Where the fuck's it Fuck. at?
3: Yes that would fucking light that fucking wherever they are that would light that fucking place on fire and throw it out the window
2: <laughs> dude I have I have hard seltzer all over my floor <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and for that if nothing else then I absolutely thank you sir
2: <laughs> fucking I was I, I, oh, I, fucking, I fucking hit meter up fucking this morning just hey how, how hard can I go for an that's, intro that's to I said pit. he
3: he did put in the advance notice that he fully intended to Stone Cold, and I gave the full seal of fucking approval to go for it. So,
2: <laughs> I have hard salter oh. all over, all over my floor, and these are new floors. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I, ju- I, I I I just paid for these bitches like a week ago.
3: <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you both for an excellent fucking pitch mat pit match. Words get live this late. Uh, Thank you to everyone who is watching this, whether you are here with us live, catching the fun, Thursday nights, 930-ish Central Standard Time i'm no joe's youtube channel youtube.com slash i'm no joe where you are listening to this in all audio format on anchor.fm slash i'm no joe through your podcast consumption platform of choice we appreciate you just the same if you like what we're getting up to around here give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you are listening to this on make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss an episode here On the other side of that, if you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you didn't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that is all we have got for this particular episode. But when this episode ends, that is not the end of the fun because tomorrow morning and pretty much every friday morning first thing when the birds start fucking chirping all you got to do is hop over to spreaker.com slash slow bake and contemplate and catch that some and his brother in it behind him's very own podcast slow bake and contemplate their links for their podcast their social medias and their channel on the i'm no joe discord server are all down in the description for you to check out at
2: your leisure
0: Appreciate you, brother. The fun doesn't fucking stop once we get around back into next week. Every fucking Wednesday night around nine o'clock. You gotta tune into the brother Golf T Vapes YouTube channel. It's just the same as on here, golf T fucking Vapes. You can find them that way everywhere, pretty much. You know, any social media. He's got an Instagram, give the brother some fucking love. Tune in to the live stream every Wednesday night at nine o'clock. And learn some fucking mixes on some faves, just chill and have a good fucking time.
1: Thank you, sir. You know, well, if you're like me, before I knew the meter, you might come upon him at some point and go, I "Wonder what things the meter does do." If you want to know the other things that the meter does do, you can get on below, click the link which would be linktree slash the meter does many things, which will take you to all of the links of the many things that the meter does do. Again, that's linktree slash the meter does many things to go find out all the things that meter does do.
3: Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. Uh, and, And in case you missed it, I know that this fucking face over here don't pop in very often, but uh, his links are down in the doobly-doo just the same if you want to hit him up and mock him for not knowing that Metallica had been used. But that being said, uh, that is all we have got for this particular episode. So again, thank you to each and every one of you who tuned in. We do appreciate you, but that is all we have got for this particular episode. So until next time, boys and girls, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything.